when I was running those four miles, if I wasn't losing weight, then what else could I do? The only thing I can do is sew my mouth shut. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're going to need your mouth for podcasting. So Okay. Well, let's podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We don't want to wait. We don't want to wait. I'm Robin. I'm Stephanie. And we're here for uh, Smallville Saturdays, Coffee and Clark. Uh, We're going to be (laughs) low-key and talking our very best NPR voice as we discuss uh, (laughs) Red, uh, Nocturne, Redux, and Lineage. Two great episodes. Two so-so episodes. Yeah, I think I watched Red like five times. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I watched it uh, three, three times uh, because I had two commentaries to watch with it. Uh, two commentaries. Yep, the one one was with uh, Alan Miles and Jeff Loeb, uh, the writer. oh, um, and the other one was with uh, Tom Welling, Kristen Crook, Michael Rosenbaum. Greg Beeman and uh, director James Marshall popped in during it, so it's kind of it, okay. And that was a laugh riot. I didn't really get a lot of information out of that. I didn't take a lot of notes, but uh, oh, oh my god! When Tom said, "Who is that guy?" <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. Like they're just like struggling to remember things, and <laughs> it's yeah, like and, you were there. If you you know, you should have known who that guy was. Yeah. It's like uh, you know they asked Kristen you know who the who the blonde was that was the guest on the star and they she said you know they the Greg Beeman says it was Sarah Downing and she's just like how was it to work with her and Kristen was just kind of like it was good like she was nice <laughs> she was nice it was like like yeah I worked with her a couple of days like probably like a year ago <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, Greg Beeman was like, so Kristen, what was uh, Lana thinking in this scene? Yeah. <laughs> uh, she thought Clark was weird. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> yeah, that was – it was very entertaining. I would say kept- my, my favorite part of the commentary was when Tom Welling did the Gollum voice. <laughs> uh, I never expected that. And <laughs> it was I, and a I was gift. like, who is that? That couldn't have been Tom Welling. <laughs> <laughs> that was Tom Welling. <laughs> and then they tried to encourage him to do Keanu Reeves, but he wouldn't do it. Uh, anyway, uh, or, highly... now my favorite part was them giving Michael Rosenbaum crap for his Saturn Award. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then he started busting on uh, Kristen about Snow White, and they got right back at him about sorority boys. So yeah, it's good stuff. <laughs> you can tell that they're all like friends on the set, and they're goofing off and Kristen was completely embarrassed to be there yeah uh, <laughs> and I thought Tom was going to have that attitude too but he started actually getting into it and having fun but um, yeah gotta, gotta have to listen more to that Michael Rosenbaum podcast because the guy has a gift for gab I guess yeah <laughs> and, be, and just being funny at all times yeah um, so yeah I, uh, I'm glad you listened to that I, I made a recording of the commentary And I put it in our group And it's going to be in there for a limited time only Because it's probably not legal To be sharing that So uh, you know It's probably good If you're not in our group I, And if you want to listen to that commentary track 
either buy the season two DVD, which is what I highly recommend recommend because it's awesome, and or uh, join our group, facebook.com slash group slash Dawson's group. <laughs> and uh, and that'll be there for a very limited time, maybe like a week. So what was the other commentary? Where was that from? Uh, what do you mean? Where is it from? It's from this episode from Red. No, I mean where did where can you find it? Where did where did oh, they this, do the commentary? Same DVD on the same DVDs. Yeah. Two commentaries for one episode. That's yep. interesting. Yeah. Well, that's why I was like, okay, we'll do three episodes at the beginning of the season because Red is the fourth episode and has two commentaries because I'll have to at least watch that three times now. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, there's another episode later on the season that's going to have two commentary tracks again. And uh, anyway, so um, let's talk about Red. Red released October fifteenth, two thousand two. Written by Jeff Loeb. This is Jeff's first foray into live action television, and this is where he gets the bug for it. And uh, mm. he's a guy who wrote a very famous Superman story, Superman for All Ages. He's a comic book writer, but um, big fan of Smallville, and they became like a writer, and then like a. a Consulting producer, I think, and then like a co-executive, and then he moved on to Heroes and all sorts of different comic book cartoons, and now he's the guy behind Marvel TV, like all the Defenders, the Agents of Shield, the Legion, pretty much any single Marvel project. He's like either a producer, an executive producer, or a consulting producer on. Wow. Yeah. So this is like Jeff Loeb origins <laughs> <laughs> right here in this episode. Yeah, he was probably like, you know, I love comic books, but TV's where the money's at. <laughs> yeah. And I wrote down, this is the episode where Clark loses his soul <laughs> and becomes Clark jealous. <laughs> but you know, what's so funny is this is not, and like Tom keeps saying, this is not Clark going bad. This is right. just Clark... Not worrying about the consequences, right. Th- but this is not like Superman going bad, yeah, or like grown-up Clark Kent going bad because that could be bad. <laughs> this is a teenager going bad. Uh huh. What is bad for a teenager? This is Clark. Like it- all his frustrations of living the life that he does, like he's just decided to not be frustrated about it anymore and do what he wants. He's going to the top, baby. Yeah. <laughs> and it just gets worse and worse and worse throughout the episode. Um, I have some – I don't know if you want me to go through my notes that I have for the first commentary that I didn't share, the Alan Miles and Jeff Loeb one. But yeah, I, I want to hear what different they Different pieces of trivia. We can – you know, feel free if you want to stop and discuss something. But uh, um, So Alan Miles were divided on using the school ring for the red – Meteor Rock. I almost said Kryptonite. Um, uh, Miles always the uh, always the guy that's talking down about things. He, he's the one that thought it was cheesy. It'd be a cheesy idea to have it like, oh, it's in his school ring. Uh, but then, I don't think it's cheesy at all. I think it's very fitting for <laughs> teenage Clark Kent. Right. Exactly, exactly. It's much better than like, oh, we're on a class trip and we're looking at rocks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he just happens upon a red rock. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I just love how it just, you know, it's not like it was deliberately put on him to make him bad. He just bought a school ring. He he decided to do something 
against his parents' wishes the one time he did it. And it, <laughs> now he's like evil all year, whatever. No consequences, Clark, all the time. Uh, but uh, yeah, they said there's a you know there's a bit of a drug metaphor in this up in this episode, of course, too. Um, uh, yeah. Well, and just teenage rebellion. Mm-hmm. Just you know, when I was maybe right out of high school, I was working, but not enough. I mean, just enough money for spending money. You know, you don't as, you can't make any money as a. Anyway, but I remember getting a credit card and buying a stereo and then, heck, I can't pay this. And then so parents have to rescue you and you get that big, long talk and you learn a lesson. Mm -hmm. But this was, I'm just going to use mom and daddy's credit cards. I'm going to buy what I want. I'm tired of being, you know, being told I can't buy something because we don't have enough money. (laughs) Yep. So did you ever do that? Did you ever steal the credit card? I didn't steal the credit card. I had a job so I could get a credit card and oh, then I, I used it and I bought some clothes and a stereo and <laughs> you know and then couldn't pay for it all. Yeah. <laughs> uh they said that they always wanted to do a witness protection true crime story because if they ever if someone is in witness protection obviously they'd send them to Smallville because it's oh, just yeah. like in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, small town. Nobody's suspecting of anything. Um, they said that they the challenge they had a challenge to make uh, Clark play no consequences. Um, they wanted to try to do it without making him turn into a complete asshole the entire time. Yeah, <laughs> so, so and, uh, yeah, and it's really writing. subtle, and it's yeah. and and I think Tom Welling did a great job. Oh, he's so good. Yeah. It, and what was so great was Lana's reaction because at first she's like <laughs> turned on. <laughs> well, at first she was like she was so you could tell she was so confused. She didn't know if he was kidding. Yeah. If he was, if she didn't know if she should take him seriously. If he was really <laughs> opening up and saying that he had feelings for her. And then at some point she was like. Okay, something's wrong. He's acting weird. And then she's like, oh, crap. Something is bad wrong. (laughs) There was that part. When he shows up at the Talon for study time, like, she's very much like, oh, gosh. Like, I'm about to drop my pants right (laughs) Yes, I'm torn between we need to study and there are people here and, oh, my gosh, Clark Kent wants to whisk me away and take me on a date. So, uh, oh, I know that kiss was hot. Oh boy, that kiss! <laughs> Isn't it funny? This is their second kiss, and the first kiss, Lana was affected by the Nicodemus flower. Uh-huh. So, eventually, they're going to kiss, and there's not going to be. There's, it's just going to yeah. be them. They're going to for real kiss. Yeah. <laughs> and speaking of Nicodemus, like they said that one of the things they wanted to do here was make it so. Um, the things that Clark does in this episode, um, he just doesn't forget about. And nobody forgets about what he did either. So it's just to kind of make it affect, you know, later episodes. It definitely affects uh, the following episode in Nocturne. Like, Lana is very much like F you, she's, Clark. <laughs> yeah, she's mad at him. Yeah. Um, but And then, to go the other direction, the only reason we realize what's going on with Clark or – that Jonathan and Martha do is because Pete knows. Pete realizes. And if Pete wasn't let in on Clark's secret, 
who knows how they would have figured out what's wrong with Clark. Right. They said in the commentary, it's fun to have an episode where Clark is the one that's getting saved and that usually Chloe is the one that solves the mystery. Um, Mm -hmm. But in this episode, Pete's the one that solves it. I mean, Chloe talks about the red meteor rock and how it's a sham that they sold it in the school rings passing it off as like what like ruby or something and yeah uh, ruby or garnet yeah yeah that's right garnet um, yeah uh but and then pete's like oh <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah so uh but that's the thing like again the remembering like the fact that uh he does all this stuff and and talks with no consequences it really affects the kents because you know the kents are trying to raise him to be a good kid and stuff and they realize that he's also a very frustrated young man inside um so uh let's see what else um the oh they they pointed out that the tub electrocution was lame (laughs) which was also pointed out in the other commentary uh, well, I mean, it was a, it was fine. It's one of those things that it's not important. Move on. But it slowly did set up- wheeling the shelf over to the tub. <laughs> it's like, get out of the tub. What are you doing sitting there? But it set up that that investigator was kind of evil. Yeah. Um, they said originally they wanted this kid to be, like, thrown off the top of a parking structure, but they didn't have the budget to do that. Mm. Um, let's see. Let's... Oh, yeah. So they wanted to let Clark do what you would want him to do in each scene. For instance, telling Jonathan off about the ring. <laughs> Listen, I, I want a ring. Deal with it. Uh, yeah, about that's what teenage you would want. Yeah. Like if I was a teenager, I would tell the principal that his, that his dress code sucked mm-hmm. and I would uh, – tell my dad off because he wouldn't let me buy a class ring he wouldn't let me ride his motorcycle right i should just be free to ride the motorcycle because i want to yeah and as you're you know as you're a viewer you're like come on let clark ride the motorcycle <laughs> or let clark just get the school ring come on you know go you don't have to be so strict all the time jonathan um for John Glover and his blindness, I guess he he studied Scent of a Woman a lot. Studied that movie, and they said that it was very comical until he got comfortable with it. He was, he, he kind of overdo it a little bit. Ah, uh, overdo it? You mean pretending to be uh, <laughs> Al Pacino and you overdo something? <laughs> really? Yeah, they stopped him from saying "hua" all the time. <laughs> uh, they said red. The the red uh, K red red meteor rock is closer to Tom's personality. Tom is in real life more of a jokester. So yeah, I get the I get the feeling that he's pretty shy. Yeah, and reserved. But I'm sure around Michael Rosenbaum, he's probably you know <laughs> just a, re- <laughs> a re- you know regular guy. Yeah. But yeah, uh, the scene about. Uh, Clark seeing Chloe's birthmark. <laughs> Apparently, they were considering showing Allison naked from behind. I mean, probably not. Probably just from the waist up, like a little silhouette or something. You know, just him using his X-ray vision and mm-hmm. her clothes being like missing. <laughs> uh, but they said that it works better as a suggestive thing. Yeah. Um, it was enough. 
they said that uh, that big advertisement brought in the ratings. The ratings were amazing for this episode, by the way. Um, the, what advertisement? The the advertisement for the episode. Oh, like <clears throat> just the idea, the concept of uh, yeah, well, Clark they, they, going bad. They showed the. They said the the sight of uh, Clark on the motorcycle with the sunglasses, and they said that the uh, the big one. Um, it was when he like turns around in the in the biker club and he's like, "Who's next?" You know. Oh yeah, <laughs> that like was that. a yeah. great moment. That was in the advertisement, so they said it was like those those couple of things that really made people like, "Oh, holy crap, we got to check this episode out." Nearly nine oh. million viewers for this episode, best ratings since the pilot. They said it was the best Tuesday night ratings on the WB they've ever had. Sorry, Buffy. Wow. <laughs> oh. I thought Buffy had had really high ratings though. Um, they also mentioned that this is August that they're filming and, you know, the first seven and eight episodes of any Smallville season, you'll notice and probably any season long, uh, 22 episode long Vancouver show. They try to show the cast outside more often because the weather is amazing. Yeah. Cause they're like, we know, going to- <laughs> yeah, it's going to be icky and rainy. Yeah. <laughs> Uh oh yeah, uh they said in Smallville even the adults are hot talking about the uh, shirtless Jonathan Kent scene. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, I will say what's amazing to me is okay. He's like our age now. Uh-huh. Cuz I keep thinking when I was a small child, he was a I guess he was very very young during Dukes of Hazard. Yeah, I would say probably like early 20s. Because I keep forgetting that this right here, that Smallville was 15 years ago. Yeah, that's true. So he's like 55 going on 60 now. Uh, yes, I have no idea. Something like that. If he was like 40, if he if 15 years ago he was 42. Time to get the Google out. Time to get the Google out. He is 57 right now. He was born yeah, in 1960. 57. So he was, oh my god, he was my age. Exactly. <laughs> oh, you're totally right. Oh my god, I'm so old. <laughs> so he must have been very, very young during Dukes of Hazard. Yeah. Gosh. 18, 19, mm-hmm. 20, yeah. When was it on? In the 78, 77? I don't know, early 80s? Um, okay, uh, apparently the scene where... Like right before they kissed, Chloe has this or not Chloe, Lana has this big tray of coffee. And she likes she ends up like and apparently she had to do several takes, she ended up dumping it all over herself the one time. Uh and uh they they're also picking on the fact and I think they did it in the second commentary. The fact that Lana's always just stacking pastries. Like she'll just like pick a tray pick a plate up off a table during a dialogue scene that somebody was already at the table and take the pastry off the plate and put it back uh, onto the serving platter <laughs> like this place would not pass the health code if they really paid attention to what Lana was doing yeah there was a really weird scene where Chloe is talking to Lana where she's stacking the pastries yeah. and Chloe is like for some reason extremely close to Lana like mm-hmm. scooching by her really slow. Yeah, they're um they they actually mentioned in the um um commentary that they really indulge in close ups and maybe this is a part of it, keeping them in one frame together and then, you know, having the camera closer up. They said that they really indulge in the close ups. The um 
and the actors actually have some trouble blocking scenes out because they can't move around too much because uh, uh, they're so beautiful that they always want the camera to zoom in on them. You know, the directors do. So, like, the, you'll see a lot of these episodes where, like, the camera is, like, right up in somebody's face. And well, I was wondering, I was like, why does Chloe have to be, like, be so close to Lana? She's, like, uncomfortably, like, conspicuously scooching by her. <laughs> yeah, it's probably because they, they wanted to get the camera up close to them so they could look at how gorgeous they are. And they didn't want to have too much of a wide shot. Um. Oh, yes. Uh it, they talked a little bit about uh, Clark and Lex in the commentary you heard. And yes, yes, clicks. They talked a little bit about it in this episode, too, the, the, the commentary that I, I listened to. Um, I think it was Al Go or Jeff Loeb. They were like, they're like, hold on. Take a look at how Lex looks at Clark in this scene. And it's the scene where Clark comes in with the little, like the Lex outfit, basically. <laughs> the, the, the half trench, you know, all black. Uh, and the camera just pant like Lex takes a look at him, and then the camera starts on Clark's shoes and works its way up. And they were just like joking. They're like, "Yeah, people really read things into our show. That's just not there." <laughs> <laughs> I had to laugh because I was just like, "Man, you know, all the times that I've like, you know, told people that read that read into that so much that that's just nonsense, and that uh-huh. they're." You know, it surprised me that even the showrunners are like, oh, yeah, <laughs> there's something there. But, you know, I think it's kind of like they're just kind of teasing the audience a little bit. Because, uh-huh. you know, there's something about, you know, later in life, Lex is obsessed with stopping Superman, with putting Superman down. And and in these early years of Smallville, like, Lex is obsessed with figuring Clark out. So, uh-huh. you know, I guess that can kind of get... Uh, Interpreted in different ways. They also laughed at when Clark comes into the biker bar and he's got that sleeveless black <laughs> shirt. Yeah, he's like, they're like, yeah, this looks like Clark just wandered into a gay bar. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and they said that uh, I don't know if they were joking or not. They said this outfit was chosen by Tom's hairstylist. <laughs> oh, just a little bit. I don't know if it's true. If it's true that it's or if it's, they were it's kidding, fine, or, or if it's not. If it's if they're kidding, then yeah, that's a little bit un PC. Um, yeah. Uh, all right. So, um, oh, uh, when Kristen tells Clark that she, or when Lana tells Clark that she's leaving, you know, after he's like getting up close with the girl, yeah. Jesse. Apparently, Lana was supposed to slap Clark right across the face. And Kristen actually just refused to do it. She's she's like Lana wouldn't do that. That's way too melodramatic. Ah, oh, good for her. Yeah, but they they thought oh it was kind of like a, the comedy of the scene. It would be it would be something comedic, you know. But she th- eh. she just was like oh that's cheesy. I'm not gonna yeah. do that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, her color- her being her being mad at Clark is good enough. Yeah. <clears throat> the colors of this episode. If you notice, at several times during the episode, Clark's face is tinted red. As a matter of fact, mm-hmm. like when he's like getting up close to the U.S. Marshal's face when he's got him pinned by the pool table, mm-hmm. um, he leans in and the tint of Lex's window falls across his face. And that's actually Tom Welling's idea. He's like, wouldn't it be cool if I my face is all red here? But like there's red everywhere, if you notice. Um, there's even like a red neon light. 
um, outside the Talon, the, the red flashing light in the loft after Clark buys all that stuff. Mm-hmm. The makeup people, I guess, even added a little bit more red taint to his face. Um, and they said, notice when Clark stops behaving, starts, uh, uh, stops behaving with Superman-like behavior, he stops wearing red, yellow, and blue. He's wearing like that black, the black with the mm-hmm. green. Uh, after being affected, he borrows Lex's red Ferrari to take Lana out. Um, he's it, when he's bathed entirely in red light. That's when he ditches Lana and starts dancing with Jesse, who is, of course, wearing a red dress. <laughs> uh, oh, uh, so one, one of the Smallville fan sites I got uh, trivia from says. As of this writing, over half the regular cast has been influenced or mind-controlled into wild, reckless, and sexually uninhibited behavior activity. Lex, Chloe, and Whitney in Hug, Lana, Pete, and Jonathan in Nicodemus, Lex and Jonathan in Heat, and now Clark in this episode. No doubt Lionel and Martha will be having a chainsaw fight one of these days under the influence of some sort of meteor rock. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's all the trivia I have. Now, and I just have episode notes. We've been going a while on red, but it's totally worth it. <laughs> um, did you want to have anything else? Did you have anything else you wanted to say about the episode? Uh, just Listerine. <laughs> oh, well, Sadie's down here moaning and grunting. Below me. The Listerine <laughs> strips that. Beeman mentioned. Do you remember yes. those? Remember yes, when I those do. were a thing? <laughs> yes. I used to eat those all the time. It's very dated. Uh, Clark wanted to tell everybody his secret. And Lana, like, uh, straight up asked him what's his, you know, and he, he was like, oh, I'll tell you eventually, or something yeah. like that. And he really wanted to tell him, and he, and then there's this like suspense of he's going to tell Lex. If him and Lex talk enough, he's going to tell him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was especially like that second scene with him and Lex, um, where he's like, "Let's run away together. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go to Metropolis, Lex Luthor and Clark Kent." I like the sound of that. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> um. It, I was, you know, I remember first watching that going, man, he's going to say something. He's going to mm-hmm. say something right now. Um, oh, I no- noticed that there, in that sleeveless black tee, he looked a lot like Johnny Castle from Dirty, Dirty Dancing. <laughs> 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 Which is very funny because it kind of ties into a later bit of trivia that I have. I'll break it up after when we get there. Uh, uh, oh, oh, oh. Okay, list, when they're in the bar, mm-hmm. he takes... Because he's been talking about this bar since the beginning of the episode. He wants to go to this bar. Because, yeah. you know, all teenagers, oh, my God, I want to go to a bar. Yeah, the bar outside of town. They don't, talk, they don't, they don't check IDs. <laughs> yeah. So he takes Lana to this bar. What do you, you want Clark and Lana to have a romantic date. Yeah. That's what you want. Okay. You don't want Lana and Clark to have, to one of them be... Under the influence of a meteor rock, right? You want it to be honestly them too, and you want the the date to be romantic. Mm-hmm. And I want top of the windmill. You, I want drive-ins. I want yeah. 
Yeah, but so the show doesn't never gives you that. It gives you <laughs> <laughs> it gives you the least romantic date ever. <laughs> and Lana is just miserable, and it's just not what you what you want. But when Lana when he pull, when he's taking Lana into the bar, and these guys are looking at her. Yeah. I'm like, how do they see her? She's so tiny. <laughs> they can't even see her. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It could have gone to a really dark place, you know? The date yeah. could have turned into like a date rape thing, you know? It could have been yes. really terrible, you know? But luckily, uh, he's distractible. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, because the show is too innocent right now yeah. for any of that. No, no. It definitely... That would be that would be a terrible idea to take one of your main characters and make them practically date rape somebody, wouldn't it, Spike? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, I, when when the new girl Jesse showed up, I I first thought that was Busy Phil- Phillips. I was like, oh my god, it's a crossover. <laughs> but no. <laughs> and it's funny because uh, you know she's wearing this see-through top, and I'm like, and I actually wrote in my notes. Dress code, and then all of a sudden, this vice principal walks up and she's like, oh, "Excuse me, do you know about the dress code?" <laughs> like, there we go. There, finally, we have an adult talking here. Yeah. Uh, what else? Why does a blind guy need a bunch of monitors and a stock ticker? That's a, that's a question. <laughs> I know those monitors on those shelves. <laughs> I was like, "Oh no, you're making a mistake, uh, production design guy." Oh, uh, the motorcycle Tom couldn't actually drive it. So you'll oh, see. Oh, he where, couldn't. Nope. You'll see, like when he jumps, it's so blatant when he jumps out uh, off the the barn and then gets on the motorcycle, and you, there's that pan up from uh, Clark on the motorcycle to his parents looking down from the loft. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's totally not Clark at all. The guy looks. Just, it's just a stunt guy, and uh, yeah, he drove. He drove away. It was just like the stunt guy driving it, and like any of the close-ups were with Clark. However, the uh, the part where uh, Clark peels away in in Lex's mm-hmm. uh, Ferrari, yeah, uh, that was Tom. And they were okay. like, and he's and he's like, I was directed to just like, oh, was this during the commentary? Said yeah, he said that he was uh, – they were like, it doesn't matter how fast you're going because we'll make it look like you're going fast or, yeah. or something like that. And he said he just took his foot off the clutch and it just sprayed rocks onto uh, <laughs> John and Annette. Yeah. Oh, man. So he couldn't ride – he doesn't know how to ride a motorcycle or nope. like – I was going to say insurance reasons he couldn't ride the motorcycle. I think he just couldn't. They they said that he didn't know how to ride it, and it, it's very subtle. Like I knew this piece of trivia before I listened to the commentary, and uh, so I when think- they were asking him during the commentary how riding that motorcycle was, he was like, "How was that motorcycle?" And he said, "Fast." Yeah. And like I guess they were just giving him a hard time. Right. Uh, Lionel says the son becomes the father, which is a Jor-El quote from Superman. <laughs> mm. Uh. Um, Lex is tired of indulging Lionel like a child Mm, Yes So he gives him the speech of You know, quit being um, Wallowing in your self-pity Yep Get on with it 
How'd you like uh, the fact that Lionel's first like real interaction with Clark was like Clark on Red K? Like, yeah, because he was like, "You need to be more like Clark, Lionel." I mean, Lex. <laughs> Lex needs to be more like Clark. Yeah, yeah. Need to be direct. You need to take direct lessons from Clark. Mm-hmm. And he he keeps those bullets because he's like, "Something's up. I can't see what's going on, but I know something's going on." Right, right. <laughs> I'll figure it out later. I love the image of Jonathan with the sledgehammer. Like, if anybody's going to take his boy down, it's going to be him. <laughs> you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. He's such a tough guy. Um, I like how the plot is resolved. Like, the guy that knows about Clark's powers is murdered <laughs> by Jesse's dad for some reason, who's, like, now trigger happy. And then, like, that plot is resolved by them just kind of, like, being mentioned by somebody like, oh, Jesse and his dad and her dad like left town. And I just wrote, who cares? <laughs> yeah. Like, they don't care. I don't care. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, nobody cares because, you know, Clark doesn't even know who that guy is. <laughs> yeah. He's just, you know, some bland, over 40 <laughs> white guy actor. Yeah. Somebody looks like Scott Pollan. Uh, or uh, according or Bill to Bixby. Bill Bixby. I didn't see that, but whatever. Uh, I like uh, Tom's quote in the quick commentary. Who's the Hulk now? Beep. Uh, but that's a great scene, though. Like, I just love how, like, dangerous Clark was being. And uh, yeah, Algo actually said in the comment, or I think in my in the small bill guide, uh, how it was so awesome to actually be scared of Clark at one point. This episode. Oh, yeah. Th- yeah, that's the thing. Like I was saying, this is teenage Clark gone bad. But mm-hmm. what could – it could have – if it was real Superman gone bad, I'm sure the comic that is about the, you know, fully developed, grown Superman going bad would be a – much, 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 much different story mm-hmm. than what this could ever be. But, uh, yeah, he t- Clark is usually uh, being reserved and and protecting people. And in this story, he's not he's hurting people, but he could really hurt somebody if he mm-hmm. really if he was if he actually went bad. Oh, but how, like, how jarring was it when he turned around and threw Jonathan into the truck? Yeah. That was, holy cow. It still affects me seeing it, like, you know, yeah. several times later. I guess that uh, uh, Schneider did his own stunt there, too. He threw himself uh-huh. back into that truck. Of course um, he did. Because he's perfect. He's a man. He's the man. <laughs> um, I like that Clark says with the secret, it's like he has two identities. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um... And I also like the, um, you know, the resolution here, like Jonathan saying that, all right, well, you are, we're on, like you were drunk, but the the alcohol made you tell the truth, you know? And yeah. uh, uh, Clark says, you know, the, the frustration does come from him, but it doesn't bother him because he then remembers how lucky he is. So I thought that was sweet. Yeah. Gosh, we could spend another like twenty minutes talking about. Red yeah, Red, well, really. then and then he goes to the um, wait. Oh, this is where he goes and finds Lana out riding her horse, mm-hmm. and 
he takes her flowers that he picked. It was so cute to to apologize, and but he Clark can't convey to Lana how he feels because she's like, all right, which one is it? Yeah, you know, were you, you know, do you have feelings for me or you weren't yourself? Like it, it's it's. One or the other. What is, and he can't. Yeah. He, I can't tell you what it is. Yeah, it's like he can't explain himself. And you know, I think he respects you too much to just lie. Like say, like I was on drugs or something. You know, like, yeah, you know, like a horrible lie. But uh, yeah, eventually he's gonna have to figure out how to uh, explain himself. I don't know. Well, maybe I do know. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, we we good for that episode? I can do the yeah. best needle drops. Jackpot's mm-hmm. song Tattoos is during plays during the bar fight. And of course, uh, during Clark's trying to apologize scene, we see Lana riding away on her horse. We get that great helicopter shot. Uh, Oasis is Stop Crying Your Heart Out. Both on my playlist now. Oh, Oasis has more than two songs. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Let us talk briefly about Nocturne. <laughs> okay. Uh, I was freaked out by this at first because... Whenever I see, okay, like say you're going through Facebook and you see a post from a local news station that says that a man and a woman were arrested for doing something terrible to a child, like locking them in a basement. (laughs) I can't deal with that. Uh I scroll on past it. I'm disturbed by, by that. So I thought this was going to be disturbing, and it kind of wasn't. It was, it turned out to be Jekyll and Hyde. Or I think it's Beauty and the Beast. Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. Werewolf. Something like that. Uh, this is the one where Lana has a secret admirer who lives in his parents' basement. And writes poetry. <laughs> and he's uh, like, he's got the soul of a poet. And he's like from the Victorian age. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. His name is, his and his name is Byron. Name is Byron. <laughs> he's like Lord Byron. <laughs> Uh, oh, uh, so this is written by Brian Peterson and Kelly Souders. Uh, their only other credit before this episode was uh, the movie But I'm a Cheerleader uh, with uh, Natasha Lyonne. Um, they so wrote- do these – I know these names. Do they go on to be showrunners later? Mm-hmm. Uh, they wrote 35 episodes of Smallville. They uh, In season eight, they ended up becoming the showrunners for Smallville with – uh, Darren Swimmer and Todd Slavkin So they had four showrunners at one time And by season 10 they were the only showrunners And I'll just say I met them mm. <laughs> uh, And uh, they went on to work on Beauty and the Beast <laughs> uh, uh. Political Animals Under the Dome And Salem Oh okay You might have seen their names pop up before Nice people I'll just say uh, so are they writing partners? Are they yes. spouse? Are they husband and wife? Are I don't they think they're husband and wife. I just writing, writing partners. Yeah, I'm not too sure about their personal life, but uh, I'm just going to assume since they have two different last names that they're not married. But you know, of course, that doesn't mean anything because I, I live in the fifties. Apparently, if I would just because <laughs> <laughs> like being human. Oh gosh, the, uh, they were like from super. Anyway, never mind. <laughs> okay, <laughs> not important. Uh, so we have Bull in this episode, <laughs> Richard Mall. Really? Uh, oh, plays that dad. was the dad. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Huh. Um, I didn't have any other cast 
memorable. Um, I, I'm going to say Byron Seller is just the Kent Seller redressed. <laughs> Maybe I don't. I don't know. I doesn't. I didn't see any trivia about that. It's not much trivia for this episode at all. Martha uh, goes to work for Lionel. Yes, that's a big thing. Um, they really wanted to give the Kent something to do other than being like the what they called the Geneva Convention on superpowers. Like they didn't want the Kent scenes to just be Clark has a problem. He goes to his mom and dad. His mom and dad give him good advice, and then they and then Clark moves on. That's been basically their function, besides a couple of money quibbles. Uh, but now it's like now we have Martha having scenes with Lionel. Martha is tired of baking pastries and growing organic vegetables. Mm-hmm. And as you know, we see she's a s- smart woman, and she's you know she just decided that that didn't make her happy. What made her happy was I can I can husband. relate. Your child is self reliant. It's time to do something for yourself. Yep. Yeah. Um. So that's interesting. So um. Da, 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 da. Lana's still mad at Clark. Lana's still mad at Clark. Uh, Clark, she, she's mad that he just wants to like rescue her, <laughs> and like he's trying to protect her and trying to protect her from this Byron dude who's leaving her love letters. <laughs> and well, I love how Clark is immediately suspicious too, because you know, so you can definitely. I mean, obviously, there's something to be suspicious about. But Clark is like immediately suspicious. Yeah. <laughs> At the first mention of it. Uh Annie, she calls him the Man of Steel. That's the first time that's mentioned in this uh series. And it's basically because he's like cold, you know, there's just calling him cold. Uh Um That was a great stunt sequence scene. When uh, Lionel and Martha are in the helicopter and Byron comes and attacks Lionel because he found <laughs> out that Lionel is the reason that he is how he is. And so he tries to, like, pull the helicopter down. That was great. It doesn't exactly work with physics, though. <laughs> uh, if you can't – he'd have to be anchored to the ground to pull the helicopter no matter how strong he is. So like, uh, whenever you see that, you got to, you know, like there's a scene in Civil War where he's, where Captain America is trying to keep Winter Soldier from going away, and he's pulling, but he's holding on to something. Uh huh. Yeah, the helicopter would just lift Byron off up off the ground. <laughs> no matter. I'd how say my favorite, was. my favorite stunt scene though is when Byron throws Clark like clear across his yard. Yeah. They said to accomplish the task, they connected a wire to the stuntman's back, so when Byron hits, quote unquote, Clark. They use a crane and a hydraulic system positioned 100 feet in the air to pull the stuntman 25 feet into the pole. The wire is released, and the stuntman just flies the rest of the distance to the landing pad. Oh, wow. So they just slingshotted this dude. I was a little, like, whatever, about Pete getting thrown. I was hoping Pete wouldn't get hurt, but he did. But, like, do you see how badly that car was damaged? You would think that Pete's, like, bones were, like, his back would be broken or something. Yeah. His neck, like his that the hood of the car got smushed down with you know just the windshield. But mm-hmm. anyway. that uh, that location was beautiful. What mm-hmm. was I guess it was outside the castle, Lexus yeah. Castle, where the helicopter landed and where uh, Martha and Lex were sitting when no Martha and Lionel were sitting when 
he gave her the job. And she starts reading the newspaper to him. Yeah, that was yeah. nice. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, oh, just so you know, the helicopter scene where Byron is pulling down on it is a lot. A lot of that CG. They had to match up some CG to the actor. Yeah, it looked good though. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it looked harrowing. Yeah, it looked dangerous. It looked. Um, it was big. It was a big, big scene. Liked it. Thumbs up. Whatever happened to Byron at the end of this episode? I, like Clark stops him, and by pulling him into the well. Yeah. Then, like I don't remember what happened after that. I guess he turns back to a normal boy. Yeah, but it's I, like, what's the resolution? Do they? Does he live in the? Is he just back in the basement again? I can't remember. I don't know. I don't remember. Whatever. Not important. What's important is Clark and Lana make up. So we have them back at square one again. Um, Best needle drops for this episode. Um, Only one I have written down is No Doubts Underneath It All. Mm. That plays while Lex and Lana are talking about her secret admirer. Have anything else to say about this episode? There's a commentary on child abuse and, uh, you know, you know, what to do when you, when you see somebody, with uh, shackle marks on their wrist to they can only escape at, escape at night. Maybe there's something wrong. <laughs> um. Oh, I just I, it, all I could think about was, oh, doesn't Kristen Crook go on to do a Beauty and the Beast show? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yep. Or it was like Phantom of the Opera or something. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. One of those one of those type things. A beautiful oh. woman, a beautiful girl, and somebody uh-huh. ugly likes her. I forgot to mention John Glover is completely hamming it up on that piano. Like that piano is not playing anything at all. You'll notice because they have the thing open and none of the hammers are moving at all. (laughs) So he's just, it's just funny to see him play. And you're very conscious of the fact that nothing is actually being played. And this, his acting in it is really funny. Uh, But yeah, this is another one of those alternate reality Clark stories. What would happen if, Clark's parents were scared of his powers and just locked him in a basement. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. Yeah. That that could be Clark. Yeah. Shall we talk about Redux? Redux. It's that girl from Psyched. Yeah, Psych. Maggie. Psych. Psych? Yeah. Not psyched. psyched. I'm psyched. <laughs> but- uh, this episode is the one where an 81 year old cheerleader has a craving for youth. A craving for youth. Uh, written by Russell Friend and Garrett Lerner, who were Roswell writers. This is the only episode of Smallville that they did. They went on to be on Glee and House. Um, this is the first episode that was filmed for season two and was actually the sixth episode aired. This episode was finished. Their principal photographer for this episode finished after Tempest aired. Yes, the season one finale. <laughs> So they did this episode before they all went on break before season two. So it's filmed completely out of order, and you can. And I guess uh, you know they said that making this episode was like everybody was tired. You know, after hmm. all the work they did for Tempest, they just decided to hit like. And it's funny too because you notice season one is twenty twenty one episodes, so this would have been like a twenty second episode, but it doesn't follow Tempest. You know, and also there's like. Um, some weirdness because some lines are like dubbed uh, because of you know the stories moved along. 
Uh, Lana discussing Clark's secretiveness is dubbed in. Martha t- mentioning during the opening scene while they're doing the muffins uh, that she's working for Lionel now, but that's not enough money. Um, and the fact that Clark like pretty much sends Pete away before he goes and confronts Chrissy. Like, uh-huh. Pete, there's no reason for him to send Pete away. <laughs> mm. So that's the big interesting thing. This is like this is a season one episode <laughs> that they just decided to put in season two. That's very weird. Hmm. But we have a new principal, uh, Reynolds, played by Richard Gant, who was in Deadwood and Rocky Five. Uh, this character is mentioned a few more times, but never shows up again. Oh. So they said they really liked him, but they didn't have a lot for him to do. So they didn't like keep him in any sort of contract or anything or have him recur. But, yeah. Which is a shame because, you know, he's kind of a dick when he first shows up. But he's one of those ones, like, I'm a dick because I'm teaching you something. <laughs> yeah. He's got good, good intentions. Yeah. You think that there was some sort of, uh, there's something like he did something horrible to Lex. But it turns out that he's holding a grudge against Lex because Lionel got him fired. You know? Yeah. Uh, yeah, because I was like, why is he here? Yeah. Like, are we supposed to think he he's the bad guy? Yeah, right? Just something from Lex's past that uh, you wonder about. And you kind of see that here's another thing that Lionel, some horrible thing that Lionel did that Lex is paying for. Yeah. Just like with um, Byron. Byron, yeah. Sorry, uh, my iPad is talking. <laughs> but yeah, okay. This episode, I thought it it reminded me a lot of Hourglass. You know, I was like, oh, this and, is going to be Hourglass and Craving. Mm-hmm. But it was different. Yeah. But also, it started out like Go Fish, but ended up like The Witch. Yep Uh, If you didn't get that It's time to to start watching Buffy (laughs) Yeah uh, You know They cover up Clark with these big You know Button up shirts And then we get to see him in his swimsuit (laughs) And we see the Abercrombie and Finch model (laughs) Yep And yeah There's another bit of you like goof, you know. You'll notice in this episode, Clark is a lot paler because he doesn't have his season two tan in this episode. Mm. They haven't all been on vacation yet. Yep. So Martha has to call. Uh, feels like she needs to call her father, and her father's name is William Clark. We learned that Martha's yeah. name is Clark, and it's it's pointed out explicitly in the next episode. But you'll but now it's like it, it's. We know that Clark gets his name from Martha's maiden surname and John's, Jonathan's surname since Clark Kent. Um, so I should have named my kid Santa Arcangelo Burge, but I didn't. <laughs> yeah, this is something. It's this. This is very popular now. Doing this, hmm. like, uh, yeah. What the naming convention? Yeah, or, really? yeah. This is yes, yeah. The mom naming her child, uh, her maiden name. That's very popular. Is your maiden name Morgan? No. 
and and see there and even if it's not a good name like my my maiden name's Morrow, uh-huh, uh-huh. but I'm sure somebody would do that. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. William Men Hart. of a certain age. That's where I know Richard Grant from. Oh, okay. Gant. Good show. Oh, Gant. Yep. Oh. Uh, ba Russell, what is it? Russell Burton? Who the heck is that guy? Russell Burton? <laughs> He's a character in this episode, and I totally forgot who he is. Uh, huh. Is he a light? Is he the lighting guy? Oh yeah, he was. Yes, the lighting guy. He's played by Neil Grayston, um, and we just saw him on iZombie as one of the guys that Liv almost hooks up with. He's she's he's the one that she brings to the elevator in the season finale. Oh, the <laughs> the, the like the dork who yeah. like because he can't quit talking. He says something very offensive to her or something. <laughs> yeah. And uh, uh, calls her a prostitute. That's what it was. He yeah, called her a prostitute. Right. He is also on Edgemont with Kristen Crook and Wonderfalls and Eureka. But um, whatever. We have, definitely want to mention George Coe, who plays William Clark. Uh, he is the voice of Woodhouse. If you ever watch Archer, that's Archer's Butler. That guy. Mm. <laughs> and on the Lone Gunman, he played uh, Byers' dad. But. Uh, mm. Sad thing about is, this is this is a this is a good episode. I, I really like uh, Clark trying to establish this relationship between Granddad and his parents. Mm-hmm. And this character is mentioned a few more times, but just like the principal, never shows up again. I I thought that they were trying to um, get something like make this guy into like a recurring character have have Clark actually have a relationship with his grandfather mm-hmm. uh, and it's sad that this is just like an episode that barely that they made it for season 1 <laughs> and you know just threw in a season 2 and like these recurring elements that could have been recurring like the principal like granddad just never come back again but i think that's the part of the episode i liked the most was Finding out about Martha's dad and hearing about how Jonathan like punched him, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and you know, and that they decided not to reestablish a relationship because they couldn't trust him with uh, Clark's secret. So it's another like sacrifice that Kent's made it was Martha, especially sacrificing her relationship with her father. Um, but I don't know. I, I just think that. Maybe eventually they could have pulled him into the fold, and you know, it's like it's crazy not to just never talk to your father again, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess some people do it. Well, you know, he lives in Coastal City. Coast City. Coast that's, City. That's the home of the Green Lantern. <laughs> yeah, I looked that. Up. I googled that. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I saw that it was either Los Angeles or San Diego. That it's yeah. somewhere on the West Coast. Yeah. So that's a long way from Kansas. Uh, it is. It's true. Um, which is weird because, well, he must have moved to Coast City because Martha was originally from Metropolis. So yeah, I think it was mentioned in the in the episode that uh, okay. uh, that they moved. Her parents moved to Coast City. Oh, uh, Troy Turner, um, who is the first victim in this episode, was actually 
a, a character in season one. He's he was in Shimmer. He uh, harassed Amy Palmer in school. Um, ah, okay. I think he's the one that um, the brother beat in the locker room. So mm-hmm. He's gotten doubly screwed by Freaks of the Week. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to meet Chad, the the character they mentioned in this episode. Uh, apparently, he's Smallville's only goth. Oh yeah, <laughs> and he works for the medical examiner. <laughs> it seems like you know it was a female I pictured- name. I pictured Vampire Steve. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> or like Liv, you know. I would think that Liv looks like a goth, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Another physics thing, like if Clark actually used super speed to get to Troy at the bottom of the pool, uh-huh. like he would have caused like this giant wave. Uh-huh. Also, the water is very clear. How did like? Like, people are, like, freaking out, looking at Troy drowning, and then Clark saves him. So, like, how did no one see Clark? Like, you super I know, I know. You know, that's (laughs) not important. I know, I know. I just had to point it out. (laughs) Uh, The principal tasks Clark with writing an essay on where he's going to be in five years. I just wanted to say, I know where. Uh (laughs) Oh, yeah. Well, that was very interesting that he was like, I'm going to be studying journalism. Like, cause, cause Morgan kept asking me, my daughter kept asking, is Clark like super into the torch? Is he like, you know, does he like love working for the, uh, the school newspaper? No, he doesn't. Right. He, he does it half heartedly. He hard, because the principal says, you know, you, you rewrote this, the, you wrote the, the cafeteria's menu or, <laughs> you know, he, he doesn't really write. Uh huh. So, but that he will be interested in it later on. That's it's kind of cool. Yeah, and Chloe's mentioned before. This is the thing that me and Clark do together: is the torch. You know, that's how we spend time together. It's working on the newspaper. He just hangs out there. He doesn't really yeah. do anything. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he sit, sits there until something happens, and he runs away really quick. Yeah, like, and like Chloe's Batman. like, "Where did where did Clark go?" <laughs> I thought it was kind of childish, but kind of funny. I don't know, like sweet almost that Clark like doesn't know this old man, but as soon as he is introduced to him, he's just that, William Clark is just immediately granddad, 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 granddad. You know? Yeah. Uh, it seemed like a little younger than his. You know? I don't know. It just seemed like yeah, he was it, a little younger. Yeah, but. I don't know. It, it was sweet. It was that that just desire to to have a bond yeah. because he's so close to his dad, you know. And his dad is this way. I'm sure he's like, oh, being having a relationship with a granddaddy would be even better. Yep. yep. You know. Um, even uh, though he's an old freaking man. Yeah. <laughs> I like that Clark takes down Christy by just throwing her through a backdrop and then staking her. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "What?" She he throws her through a backdrop. She lands, and then she like disintegrates like a vampire mm-hmm. on Buffy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, what was really weird was okay. She kissed Troy or whoever the first the first yeah, guy. Troy, yeah. And then, like ten minutes later, the effect takes hold while he's swimming in the oh, pool. Right. Yeah, yeah. And then he just turns into an old man. 
Yep. And dies. He doesn't disintegrate or anything. <laughs> and then when she kisses Russell Burton, the lighting guy, she like completely sucks the life out of him. Yeah. So what's like it doesn't make any sense. And I was like not emotionally prepared to see her kiss Principal Reynolds. That would have been a little weird for me. <laughs> but um I'm glad it never happened. <laughs> We also find out in this episode that uh, Lana's mom might have been shacking up around the time, maybe like nine months or a year to when uh, Lana was born. So, hmm. yeah, I don't. Okay, why did we have Nail dating that guy, and then now Lana's looking into like this is just weird. Again, this is a season one episode, so it's kind yeah. of interesting that they had this. Subplot of Lana finding these pictures Because this would have been a tease That they would have held over Till season 2 to Resolve it but they put it in season 2 As the beginning of this Lana and Henry Small Arc so it's interesting How they did that but In in this episode When it was season 1 Nell didn't have a guy that she was Getting married to <laughs> So <Okay. laughs> That's why he's never mentioned uh, anything else you want to talk about before we get into the other big episode? So redo this old lady gets to redo her life. There's redux. a <laughs> yeah redux. She's she says Clark. What were they talking? They were talking about growing up and. And she was like, oh, when you grow up, you just get a job and you have responsibilities. This is the best years of our lives. And, yeah. Uh, so she gets to stay a, a teenager forever. And Clark wants the granddad to have a redo in the family. Mm-hmm. And Lana wants to redo something. What was she doing? No, I guess well, that's it. Well, Redux isn't like redo. It's it's uh, re- it's kind of like revive or bring it back. Oh, so, okay. Yeah. Uh, best needle drops this episode. Uh, there were a lot of jack jams in this episode because of uh, Spirit Week. I'll say the one that I like the most is uh, that I don't hear as much is the one in the swimming scene. Aggressive. Be <laughs> aggressive. Be yeah, I know. Aggressive. There was that. There was bewitched. Uh, Cover of Mickey <laughs> Which I've, mm. I, I You know I like the original better So But uh, the one I like uh, Is the Out Here Brothers Or the Out There Brothers uh, They do a song called a Boom 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 Let me see you hey, let, let me hear you uh. say Hey oh Hey oh uh, <laughs> uh, Lex giving Clark This uh, Screeching around the corner Ride to school Uh Foo Fighters All My Life is playing in his car While that's happening mm-hmm. And of course One of like One of the Like I'm so It's so surprising that this song is from this episode Which is just not Like I always I always picture Our Lady Pieces somewhere out there As a uh, Clark and Lana song But And It's from the loft scene at the end of uh, The episode with Lana and Clark But it's not like a hugely romantic moment <laughs> But mm-hmm. I always think of them when I hear that song. So, what song is that? Uh, somewhere out there by Our Lady Peace. Okay. I know you're out there, somewhere <gasps> out there. Oh, I know I sound yeah. exactly like him. <laughs> yeah, I know exactly. Okay, I know the song now. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah. 
That's a great song. Um, they also sing a song called Superman's Dead, which is a really good song, but sad. Um, <laughs> uh, next episode is called Lineage. It's the one where we find out how two people could just keep a kid they found in a cornfield. <laughs> okay. This was a great episode. Big episode. Alan Miles wrote it. Greg Beeman directed it. It's a big episode. Yeah. Blair, what's her name? Blair uh, Brown. Blair Brown. Rachel Dun- plays with Rachel Dunleavy. Uh, was in Days and Nights of Molly Dodd, which apparently John Glover was a frequent guest star on that show. Was on Fringe and is now on Orange is the New Black. Yes. She's great. Mm-hmm. She was in yep. Dog Dogville. I don't know. I don't know. She's a good actress. I like her. Yeah, apparently that scene where like Lionel is practically seducing her, that was uh, that was kind of imp- like ad libbed by John John Glover uh, when they were filming, and they they kept it. Hmm. So. Yeah, they were great together. Mm-hmm. Two great actors. I will say this is the first time this story has actually been told. Like, I mean, there's plenty of <laughs> episodes where the first time the story, but this is the first time the story of like, okay, so Jonathan and Martha found this kid in the field and then they adopted him and everything went on. Um, there's never been a comic book. Maybe there has been since, but uh, where uh, it's been explained like, okay, so how did Jonathan and Martha like make – Clark into like a legal citizen of the United States, you know. Mm-hmm. How did how did they make this work in society? Yeah. Do you hear my children just bellowing away at each yeah, other? It's, it's sweet. Don't worry okay. about it. Sorry, sorry, <laughs> folks, if that bothers you. This is a. Uh, I do not have a podcast studio, unfortunately. Uh, yes. Yeah, so. I love that. Okay, when Clark comes down to and uh, Martha says, "Clark, you're as fast as." <laughs> Lightning and slow as molasses. Opposite. This, this is having a teenager. Yeah. You know, Clark is such a teenager. Like, there's yeah. such a contradictory contradiction of themselves. <laughs> like, how do you sleep all day? How do you do this? Like, yeah. you know. I like that he makes uh, his own toast. Yeah, that was great. It was really cute. It was a fun and light. Oh, he crushed his alarm clock. Yeah. <laughs> A fun opening scene. Yeah, it's so weird. And, you know, you see him, you know, they. you need a ride, Clark. No, I'm, I'm going to run, you know. They take off and Clark zooms off through the fields. And then um, and then all of a sudden we see Rachel Dunleavy just making herself at home. <laughs> Walking in. <laughs> and then confronts Clark at school says, I'm your mom. Yeah, I was of? like, I was like, well, number one. No, you're not. <laughs> you can't be. Yeah. Uh, Are you an alien? No. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But it's like, how does she, why does she think she is? I know yeah. she's not, but why does she think she is? And then when it came down to Clark and Lex could be half brothers, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. I know it can't be true, but it's very interesting to think about. Oh, Lex was very much a, a huge fan of that. Like he comes over after that's revealed to him, and he's like immediately grabs the basketball, and he's like, "Hey, you ever think about I want him? you to be my little brother? Yeah. I want, yeah." Um, I like that Jonathan is just. I wrote down Jonathan is a hard get the fuck out of here to <laughs> Rachel. Like, there's no talking. Like, I don't even want to. I don't even care how you have come to this. I, uh, 
uh, idea in your head, get off my land. <laughs> Just get away. Get out of here. And uh, there's also drama between Clark and Chloe because this is the reason why she came is because Chloe was prying. And, oh, and yeah. He was pissed at Chloe. Oh, yeah. he was so mad. And he even like cut her to the bone. Like, yes, we it, th- haven't even really th- thought about it, but there is no mom in the picture for Chloe. Where is her mom? And it turns out that Chloe's mom has just pretty much like, ran out and never, never wanted to be – her mom ever again, you know, it's just not mm-hmm. in her life. She's not interested in me. Yeah, that's so, that's oh, so sad. Mm-hmm. Um. So yes, there was. It turns out that Rachel had a baby, and they named it Lucas. And this is a baby that was uh, put up for adoption in this Metropolis United Charities that we heard before. Only did one adoption before, and that was for Clark. And as it turns out. Two, <laughs> mm-hmm. or you know, I mean, John Lionel's story at the end of this is uh, he died before he was one, but then he opens up that locket and that lock of hair, and that child in that picture is older than one. I yeah, mean, he like might be a Smallville. He might. I wrote down he might be a Smallville one, <laughs> where like oh, a twenty-six-year-old yeah. is playing a sixteen-year-old. No, I, I think <laughs> I got the impression. That Lionel is flat out lying to Lex, saying that the mm-hmm. baby died, but I expect Lucas to show up. Mm-hmm. And Lucas would have to be younger. Yeah, younger than Lex. Um, maybe like a couple years younger. I don't think he'd be 16, though. But um. So this idea of Lex wishing that Clark was his younger brother, this is like foreshadowing. That Lex will be a big brother to a character. I, I am I, not I, going to. No I don't want to know, but wouldn't, I want to know. Oh, I, I, I forgot to. We, we really haven't talked about it, but they've really been pushing Chloe and Lana together, not just in. You know, yeah, shots, I like it. They're really they're friends. Yeah. They kind of came to a head when they both realized they like Clark. And then now they've just been gal palling it, and they go to each other to talk to each other to comfort each other. And uh, Chloe's the one that tells Lana to go, go meet Henry. So what'd you think oh, of Henry use, Small? Use, use that high tech device called a doorbell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what'd you think of Henry Small? Uh, I thought it okay. So she goes to his house, and and he's like, "What? He's an attorney, and he's suing." He's like an environmental attorney, uh, an environmental lawyer, I guess. Yeah. So he's definitely a good, like a role model. Like Lana's, like probably like, oh my god, this is my, this is awesome. Like this guy is awesome. And then he just wheels around. He's like, get the hell out of here. I have a family. Don't bother me. Yeah, which you think that is terrible. But then he shows up at the end and and talks to her. So he was just mad because he was uh, he was on the phone with his people and he was just irate. and then he, he like he drops wants, that crack about the talent. He's like, "Yeah, no, I'm not interested in anything that has to do with the Luthers." So, no, I don't get. Mm-hmm. I'm not getting coffee. I'm not getting Nazi coffee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, crazy in the you know these days to have a character all of a sudden start spouting that the Luthers are like the Nazis. Like, Ugh. um, <laughs> um. 
So I have to tell you about Henry Small. Henry Small is played by Patrick Cassidy, who is David Cassidy's brother. Mm. Uh, who is uh, what's her name? Cassidy. <sighs> Who's the girl on Arrow? She was in Supernatural. The Black Canary. Yeah. Her yeah. anyway. So that's Black her girl? uncle. Oh, interesting. Um, he was on Lewis and Clark for a three-episode arc, playing a character called Leslie Luckaby, who bought the Daily Planet for three episodes, I guess. <laughs> um, but also, the Dirty Dancing connection. Um, they made a television show for Dirty Dancing. It lasted what? like a half season. Yep. And he played Johnny. <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so what else about the, let me just see if I have any more notes about Henry. Yeah. She gets her persistence from him. Um, but that's about all I have to say about Henry. I, yeah, looking forward to seeing. It's so weird that, that Lana like has, so Lana's path here, she loses her parents. They get destroyed, obliterated in front of her. She stays at it now, and now is pulling up stakes in Smallville by selling the flower shop, selling the Talon, and then and then Lana takes over the Talon, apparently with Nell. Then Nell gets gets engaged, so Lana isn't exactly happy about staying at her house anymore. And then all of a sudden. She's got a new dad. <laughs> so, isn't that interesting how television works? Oh, okay. So maybe the actress who plays Nell is not going to be uh, available. Yeah. Is not going to be available anymore, and Lana needs to move to an- another residence. Or you know, maybe they just didn't know what to do with Nell. Yada yada yada, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um. So. Um. Which always bothers me when I whenever I hear those kinds of stories, like "Oh, we didn't know what to do with this character, so we." Yeah, I, I don't. Away. I don't buy that because you're you're a writer. That's what writers do. Like you freaking started this, you know. You should have had a path laid out. You know, you weren't thinking about. I guess you're not thinking about the ant character, but I don't know. <laughs> it I, I, me. I d- then I figure it out. I don't buy it. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe she had another commitment. I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure we haven't seen the last of her yet. Uh, so, what did you think about seeing the meteor shower again and the flashbacks to the day of the meteor shower? Um, I thought it was really cool, but what, especially what was cool was when Martha was talking to Clark and then she looks over into the den and, and it like... Transforms into a flashback. <laughs> yep. And Clark is the the small child there playing with all of uh, his dad's old toys. I, that was that was really great uh, and great acting from Annette uh-huh. O'Toole. Like, uh, just I love the I, I love yeah yeah definitely just the fact that she's playing this whole like this is my wish come true like this mm-hmm. is what I wished for. And now I, I've got it, and oh my god, I'll never want to let him go. Mm-hmm. And um, then in the flashback, she's like, she looks younger. She's acting yeah. like 
she's a different character, the, oh. a younger version of herself. And okay. oh my god, when the sheriff walks in with those exaggerated uh, sideburns. <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about that in uh, the the book I had. He said that. He had something. He said he had to wear something that looked like two squirrels strapped to the side of his head. And they said they approved it. And then the day of the shoot, they were like, "Oh, we approved that." <laughs> Did we look at it in like low lighting? So they kind of. I thought it was great. It yeah. was funny, but not funny. You know, like. Yeah. I thought it was great. <laughs> um. Oh, and also a great part of that that particular flashback is. The old drapes are there. <laughs> oh yes, I noticed that. <laughs> I was like, "Oh my god, the old drapes are back!" That is smart. You know, yeah. it, it like okay. I was like, okay, so it's been uh, twelve, maybe thirteen years since this flashback occurred. So in those twelve, thirteen years, Martha finally decided she was going to change those drapes, <laughs> <laughs> and Deputy Ethan finally became Sheriff Ethan. <laughs> <laughs> It took 12 to 13 years, but it finally happened. Um, yeah, and I guess they did uh, like a little bit of a practical transition effect. They, they were talking about how uh, older Clark was standing off camera during the scene. So like when they flashed back forward, the, they literally yanked the little boy off camera and then mm. brought the camera onto Clark. Um, so I thought it was great. Very cool. I love the I loved I just love the you know it's probably been like a month since I watched the pilot <laughs> but it you know when they flash back to the media show I'm like oh yeah this is ah oh, the pilot was so great and then just to see it go on from where they left off you know that cute I love that little actor uh he's such a cute kid like when he, he leans is, down and he looks so much like uh Tom Welling it, the the yep. full lips and his coloring and the spiky the, the hair with the bangs, you know, I think that makes and, him look a lot like him. Yeah. And, I mean, I thought it was a little bit of a leap where they're like, where Jonathan Kent, like, happens to find, like, a dead guy in a truck and is like, I'll take his truck. <laughs> where did the body go? Hmm, I don't know. But we need the truck because we need to get the spaceship out of the field, too. It's not just getting this boy to safety. And then they they run into John Glover or Lionel who's running around in the street. And Lionel, like, like after that look of disgust that we see in the pilot, he just left his kid in the middle of the field. Like, what the fuck, dude? <laughs> um, but uh, you can see the origin of Clex. Did you notice that? Uh, when uh, Clark leaned over and like touched his head, it smiles at him. <laughs> <laughs> We also see the origins of why Jonathan Kent hates Lionel Luther, and yeah, how incredibly crazy is that that he blackmailed Jonathan and actually talking the Rosses into selling their cream corn uh, factory to Lionel? Like he has had this problem with the Luthers, like getting their clutches on the Smallville and getting deep seated into Smallville and taking away all these small businesses. And it turns out that Jonathan is the guy that started it. Yeah. Yeah. See, usually I hate stuff like this. Oh, yeah? Because a lot of times when things are explained and it takes the mystique away, it -hmm. makes it like, you know, like midichlorians. (laughs) Okay. Uh, But this this was great. Yeah. 
And Jonathan, just the Schneider, just the acting, just like he says, this is my fault, mine alone. Mm-hmm. And I just like, you know, you throw midichlorians into something. It's like, oh, that explains everything. No, no, it's not. It's just they sci- they put a scientific term on something that was – it's still unexplainable. Like, okay, so how the midichlorians – when they tell that Jonathan made this deal and was blackmailed into doing it, like he has this huge guilt that he let Lionel into the town and also the fact that this rich bastard like uh, – has so much control over him. Yeah. And yeah. so you can, you know, you can now flash back to uh, Rogue when uh, Sam Phelan tries to blackmail Jonathan and Clark into having Clark work for him and how, mm-hmm. like, almost violent he react violently reacted to that. Mm-hmm. And the fact that now you can flash back to all the times they talked about how much Jonathan doesn't like the Luthers and you can see. It's not just unreasonable anger. Like, he's guilty. He feels so guilty. And in, in the, the reason why uh, he feels that way is because um, uh, this guy, like, you know, put one over him, you know, and, and, and caused him to ruin his own town, I guess, you know? There's some things that you just don't get over. <laughs> So Lionel's got a bastard <laughs> And he's out there somewhere Lionel is a bastard But he's also He has a bastard And um, Oh I love I, I love uh, 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 What's her face Rachel Dunleavy Blair Brown's reading of the lines I wrote it down Martha Kent makes the birthday cakes. Martha Kent dries his tears. Martha, Martha, Martha. <laughs> <laughs> right, maybe she didn't say that. But yeah. Started, <laughs> I was waiting for Martha, Martha, Martha. Yeah, because you could see that um, mental illness come out mm-hmm. every once in a while. Yeah, who and that woman was dangerous. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, she came out of. She comes at Lex with an axe. Like, who knows? Like, what? I mean, Lionel had her put away. You know, mm-hmm. and sometimes rehabilitation centers don't exactly rehabilitate; they just make it worse. Yeah, Especially, you know. Uh, so who knows if she was just like this normal lady and then just got dosed up hundreds of times? Yeah, for or years, you know? right, or yeah, how, how Lionel made her worse instead of you know how yeah. she was, but when she first met Lionel, yeah, because Lionel just there's just another thing here, like bad. they love. Speaking of the axe, like they really love the effect of something hitting Clark and then exploding. And I just wanted to point out that that it looks cool, but it's it's probably not like Rachel would have to have super strength for like not everything that touches Clark explodes into CGI. <laughs> it would have to hit Clark really hard to explode. Yeah, yeah. Uh, was there anything else I wanted to mention? So, uh, is Clark... Oh, I know what it is. In Martha's... Uh, in the canon of S- Superman, is mm-hmm. Martha's maiden name Clark? I believe so. Okay. I will look it up. There are children yelling. <laughs> <laughs> you have wild Indians in your house. I know. <laughs> uh, oh, man. Boy, she doesn't even have her own Wikipedia page. What the heck? What? 
It's Jonathan and outraged. Jonathan. Unbelievable. Ma Kent is first named Marth with an E instead of an A in Superboy Volume 1, number 12 in 1951. Her full name is given as Martha Hudson Clark Kent in oh, answer okay. to a letter writer's query in Superman 148, 1961. Interesting. Martha Hudson Clark. Interesting. So, um, the last thing I think I want to mention is uh, that it was joked about also on the on the commentary for Red. Lexus security sucks. Like, oh yeah, it's really bad. Either they have lots of security or no security. <laughs> yeah, people just walk in to his office all the time, and the fact that he comes out of his garage, like his own personal garage, um, and she just walks over with a needle and injects him to kidnap. Him. <laughs> Like, where are the guards? Where are the people who are supposed to be protecting Lex? I have no idea. I felt like yeah. so bad for Lex. He's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like this old lady. What's this old lady? Whatever. And then all of a sudden he's like, oh. And she comes out with a needle. That was great. But uh, yeah, my least favorite. The only thing about Smallville I don't like are the people getting abducted and kidnapped. Yeah, people get knocked down and kidnapped. This is just a TV show where... Some a bad guy is going to be in every episode. Yeah. All right, I have, that's all I need to say about Lenny. It's just a long one, mainly because we talked about half of this about half of the time about Red. Yeah, um, because of course Red was the best episode. It was. Yeah, I was going to say episode of the week. Red lock turn uh, redux lineage. I really love lin- lineage. Is a very close second. Yeah, it's very good. I'd say Redux is probably third, and Nocturne is fourth. Even though Redux is. A season one episode is kind of a crappy villain, but I, I don't know. I liked all the Spirit Week stuff. and mm-hmm. The and swimming that, and the cheerleading swimming. and all that good stuff. Yeah. The high, the high schoolliness of it. Uh-huh. Uh, the next episodes. Okay. What do you want me to do? Do you want me to read you the episode titles or give you the teases first? Maybe I'll give oh, you give me the, the, the teases. Teases first. Okay. I wrote down six teases. <laughs> Oh, wow. <laughs> Number one. Evangeline Lilly shows up in the hallway of Smallville High wearing overalls of shame. Oh, Keep okay. your eyes open for her. <laughs> a huge X-Files recurring ac- actor will guest star. A, a hu- huge, wait, a huge X-Files... Recurring actor okay. will guest. And I oh, use actor is- in the gender-neutral term. Way, okay. Uh, yeah. A huge former teen idol sitcom star will guest. And I'm not talking about the Dirty Dancing spinoff or <laughs> like some. You're going to see this person be like, "Oh my gosh, this person's on the show!" Wow. Uh, my fourth tease is you're probably going to cry. <laughs> uh oh. Yeah. Uh, fifth is there are new love interests injected. And oh. my last tease is there are some returning characters. Doom, doom, doom. And the episode titles are Ryan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you want to take a guess? Ryan. Hmm. I, I, I have n- Ryan. I don't know. Surprising you don't know. Okay. Dichotic. What does dichotic even mean? 
It means to to something. I don't know. To I don't know. Involving or relating to the simultaneous stimulation of the right and left ear by different sounds. Okay. Hmm. Uh, the third episode is Skinwalker. Skinwalker. Uh, you want to take a guess? Skinwalker? Is that like a... I want to... Skinwalker. Skinwalker. I'm thinking I'm thinking X-Files. I'm thinking <laughs> out in the West. Weren't they like in a log cabin like in Montana or something? Skinwalker. And <laughs> Are you thinking about no Firewalker? Fire Walker? <laughs> Probably. I don't know. <laughs> Last episode is called Visage or Visage. 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 Visage has to do with things. Visage. Visage. See? I just I just clicked on the, the word in, in Wikipedia to pronounce it for me. Visage. Oh. And that is a person's face with reference to the form or proportions of the features. A person's facial expression. <laughs> oh, okay. Or the surface of, of an object presented to view. Anyway. <laughs> We'll talk about all those next time on We Don't Want to Wait. Bye. Bye. I'm so excited. I'm going to go watch them right now. So good. I'm tired of watching Red over and over. (laughs) 